It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Tennis Director, Australia's favourite online tennis store with fast delivery and great prices. Free delivery on orders over $150. Just visit their website, tennisdirect.com.au and you can get a 10% discount store-wide. Just use the promo code FIRSTSERVE10. That's FIRSTSERVE10. Welcome to Crunching the Numbers, the first serves in-depth look at the art and science of playing the game. Welcome to another episode of Crunching the Numbers. I'm your co-host, Mark Sopoulos, and I'm joined, as always, by the man with the numbers, Shane Leonage from Data Driven Sports Analytics. Shane, how are you? I'm good, Mark. I'm good and uh, can't wait to get into today's topic. This is going to be one of those topics where we're going to divide Twitter, we're going to divide Instagram. Uh, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on some of this. Well, I, I opted against the long intro because I know we're both smiling. We've both actually been chatting about this off air before we started this conversation. And today is all about the great debate. And we're brought to you, obviously, by Data Driven Sports Analytics and the Tennis Menu. So. Shane, the great debate. Now, everyone's going to sit there and go, what is this debate about today? Well, it is the debate about what everyone around the world is talking about. It is the debate whether the GOAT is Nadal, Federer or Djokovic. Now, we're going to talk about today's GOAT from now, but obviously we'll then uh, tap into down the track who we think may be the GOAT at the end of their careers. But... um, very interesting conversation. I know this is divides the world. Um, it depends where you live. If you're in Spain, obviously, it's going to be Rafa. If you're Serbian, it's Novak. And if you're just a tennis lover, it's obviously Roger Federer. But we're going to go down into the numbers and we're going to really take a deep dive. I know you've got a lot of great stats there. And there's obviously some great things happened this week with uh, Novak breaking some records. So let's start with you. Let's start with the numbers. Let's uh, see where we both end up and. uh I haven't revealed who mine is, and I know you haven't either. So this is going to be quite interesting to see what we both think. Yeah, look, let, let's start with some of the numbers. They, these are mind-blowing. <laughs> uh, so Roger Federer is 39 at the moment, uh, currently uh, world number four, 103 career titles, 20 Grand Slam titles, uh, which include uh, eight, eight Wimbledons and six Australian Opens. Um, now, th- there's a term that's coined uh, often called big titles. He's won 54 big titles, which includes Grand Slams, ATP Finals, Masters Series events, and 310 weeks at number one and five year-end at world number ones. Now, I'm probably missing a whole host of other things, but um, there's some incredible numbers for, for Roger. So before I go into the other two, might might be uh, good to get a word from you on, on Roger. I'm a Roger fan, and I've got to admit that from the start. Um, and I hope I don't sound biased towards him, but obviously growing up, you know, Roger is my age. I'm, I'm about to turn 39 and I sit here and I go, wow, I haven't achieved anything that this guy's achieved in his life. And I sit there and uh, very envious of what he's been able to do. Um, but to be able to do it on every surface, the consistency and the longevity he's done it for. And just that good guy persona, I think, is one thing that really stands out to me is that he's well-liked right across the globe. Um, doesn't matter who you ask. People only dislike him because he was winning everything. And I think that's a, an amazing He's not disliked because of the way he goes about it, his actions. 
um, the way he is around the, the the grounds of the Grand Slams, around the grounds of the tournaments. People just love him and they're in awe of him. And first time I coached against him uh, in 2011, um, we were walking towards the coach's box up on Rod Laver Arena um, as a team. And we walked past Roger, who came out of the change room, ready to go on Rod Laver Arena as a night match. And he stopped us all and shook hands with all of us and wished us good luck. And I just, I literally nearly melted. I was like, this guy's a man. I love him. Um, I'm, I'm shattered to be coaching against him, but uh, it was incredible. And I just think he has that aura around people that um, you can't not like Roger Federer. So he's done it on every surface. He's done it in every environment. He's done it against, with his back against the wall, against all odds. He's come back from injuries. He's still going at 39. So what an incredible career he's had to date. Yeah, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. And I, I think, um, for me, I was just having a look at what generation does he actually fall in? He he started really at the tail end of the, the Agassi Sampras dominance and he established himself. He beat Sampras at Wimbledon when he was on that winning streak. He won Grand Slams there. And then, you know, he had the, the next, the crop uh, after that, the Roddicks, the, the Hewitts, the uh, Juan Carlos Ferreras, and he, and he managed to dominate that era. Absolutely, uh, really untouchable um, until uh, I think the next crop in Nadal, Djokovic, Murray came along and, and he was equally as competitive Pro- probably went down in terms of grand slam winning numbers but i think his level actually improved when he had this quality batch come up and, and then you know in recent times we've, we've seen the zverevs the teams um that come up and, and roger's still competitive still world number four um so that just tells me what an incredible what an incredible career and it's not done yet i, I think he's going to come back next year i think He's, he's itching to go at the AO. So um, I think there's some slams left in him. Yeah, and it's funny because we continually write him off and say, oh, he's getting a bit older and, you know, it's about time the new generation come on board and everyone's wanting the new generation, but it's almost like it's, it's just impossible for them to break through with these top three. And, you know, you can never write off Roger Federer. I mean, his consistency is just phenomenal. And the sign of a great champion is someone who can sustain the level for a period of time and he's actually shown that so it's a credit to him yeah right, i'm gonna go to nadal we'll, we'll come back to who we think at the end uh, so nadal 34 years of age uh, currently the world number two 86 career titles also 20 grand slams it's heavily uh with roland garros absolute dominance there with 13 um uh, there we've talked about only having two defeats um, on that court, which is incredible. Uh, it's also got uh, two Wimbledons and four US Opens, which I think a, a lot of people um, forget that he's been really good at the US Open as well. Those big titles, he's won 55 of them. Again, uh, and, and and just this week, I think he's broken the, the record for the most weeks in the top 10. I think it's 787 weeks. So there's probably a whole lot, a lot of numbers I'm not reading out there as well. Um, but yeah, just your thoughts on him. Oh, what an incredible style. I'm just... Um... I think we're blessed to be in this era with with the rivalry that we have between Federer and Nadal and even Nadal Djokovic. I think that that's been incredible over the time. But um, when you watch Nadal and you think of Nadal, I mean, obviously the French Opens come to mind where he's just been unbeatable on that surface. You know, the one thing that stands out for me with with Nadal from a coaching perspective, and this is one thing that obviously we pass on to our players that we coach, is just the intensity and and the the want. You know, he. No matter who he plays against, it's, you know, he's out there to beat you and you have to beat him. You know, he doesn't give you a match. He doesn't give you unforced errors. He doesn't give you the cheap, those cheap points that, you you know, a lot of the players do. He He's there for the long haul and, and you've got to be prepared to play the long game to beat him. And um, he's so competitive. One of his standout uh, attributes is his competitiveness and his work rate. 
and you have to outwork him. You have to outcompete him, and and it's almost impossible. Like he, he's an incredible player, and um, you know, same with Federer. I think early on he was misinterpreted. I guess the way he was going about things as you know that real fist pumping kind of guy, and it was a little bit different. Um, Roger was the gentleman, but I think over time he's really become that gen- gentleman to the to the people. Um, that respect that he shows, that that he gives people, the way he cleans up his his uh, change of ends, um, uh, his seat on the change of ends, you know, at the end of the matches, he, he doesn't leave it dirty so and someone else can clean up for him. He says thank you and please to the ball kids. He's just, uh, you know, a role model for, for all of our kids. And um, he, he's done a great job, obviously, to get to 20 grand slams. And I didn't think he'd get there. And uh, to win, you know, obviously, that many French Opens, he's, he's just... An amazing feat. Yeah. I, I, I still recall when I, I think it was a, a match against Hewitt uh, and I saw him maybe as a 15-year-old at the time and, and he, he lost in straight sets, but I, I just thought, wow, this kid this kid is incredible. He's, he's huge already. Um, and uh, re- really every set uh, against Hewitt, he, he was well in, in, in all of them and but Hewitt's just experience just pulled through. But the other thing, I like I, I was a huge Sampras fan growing up, so just the bit iffy on Federer, I was just like, oh, no, he's going to get Sampras's record and... Um, and he, he did, and he, he completely deserved it as well. Um, so I, I did have a, a liking to Nadal because I felt like this was the, the one guy that could could get him uh, anywhere he played. Um, and yeah, and then, and then I've uh, certainly uh, no shame in admitting that I, I've been a huge Nadal fan. I just like the work ethic. I, I think um, compared to the the other two on this list, he may not have been blessed with that natural talent, um, but he. he you can never fault his work ethic and, um, and, and he deserves the 20 slams. I, I didn't think he'd get there. I thought uh, he's, he'd be lucky to get to 30 really just with the, the style of the game, the, the issues he was having with his knees. Um, so um, incredible achievement. And I, I think he's had to reinvent himself, which we've talked about on this show a few times. Uh, he's definitely hitting his backhand bigger. He's uh, second serve. Uh, and I think I gave this stat in a previous episode. It was, a, it was about 10 kilometers faster than when it was in 2004 and five. So he's, he's beefed it up and uh, yeah, what he's lost in speed, he's sort of brought in aggression and, um, and we saw something different this year's Roland Garros as well. So there's definitely a case for him as well. Um, two great legends. Uh, and, and then we're going to talk about the third very soon as well. He's, he's an incredible player. It's actually funny. I've got this, this story that I generally tell people. So I'm in awe of uh, Federer and Nadal and always have been I was at the 2012 Monte Carlo Masters and my locker was next to Rafa Nadal's and I thought oh this is pretty cool and I'll, I'll do a bit of a funny thing and took a selfie with his locker and sent it to my then girlfriend which is now my wife and said hey I'm with Rafa have a look you know kind of thing. Um, and she was sort of like you know getting a little bit oh you're an idiot kind of thing and I was like oh, okay um, anyway I, I gave her a call I was on on FaceTime or Skype at the time it was and talking to her and anyway in walked Rafa my heart dropped I sort of you know turned the camera to show my wife that Rafa was there kind of thing and and it was quite it's funny because the the next few minutes was where I got really embarrassed I was so embarrassed to, to talk to him and I was sort of a young younger coach and hadn't really been in that that environment too long I, I walked away because I knew he needed to do his stuff at his locker or whatever else so I walked away and I went and stood in the corner of the locker room just waiting for my player and out of the corner of my eye I saw uh, Rafa walking towards me I was like oh my god you know, I'm so embarrassed. So I just sort of stood there with my head down. And then I turned a little bit more and I noticed that he was walking and he was dark naked, obviously going to the showers. So I was like, oh my God, don't look at him. Don't look at him. Don't look at him. Um, and anyway, 
the, the, the worst thing happened though, Shane, is that I could hear a voice right up against my face and I'm like, I could hear it and I'm like, oh my God, I think he's right next to me. He's right next to me. What do I do? Do I look? Do I not? Do I? Anyway, I was actually standing in front of the towels and he needed a towel, but I was just standing in front of them waiting for my player. I was like, this is the worst thing. So embarrassing. So I totally embarrassed myself in that first meeting with his rapper and uh, I've never forgot it to this day. And he's, um, uh, but he was so polite. He's like, excuse me, I'm so sorry. I need to get a towel. <laughs> yeah, quite a, quite a crazy story. But um, he's uh, an incredible athlete. He's been there for a long time, like, like Roger. Everyone's written him off because of his injuries, but he keeps coming back. So he's definitely in that conversation as the, uh, the GOAT for sure. Third, and and, uh, and and some of these achievements are incredible as well. 33 years of age, so only one year difference to Nadal. It's current world number one, 81 career titles, 17 Grand Slams, really dominant at the AO with eight titles there, but he's also got five Wimbledons, um, 58 big titles, and I think he's at 292 weeks at world number one and uh, very likely to, to wrap up, I think, the sixth year-end uh, well, number one, I think uh, unless Nadal takes a wild card to Sofia and wins everything from here, um, Djokovic is locked in there. And and really um, chasing down the 310 weeks at number one that uh, Federer's currently got the top spot for. So, yeah, another incredible career. Definitely not over yet. Love to hear your thoughts on him. For me, Novak is the best defensive player in the world. And I think... You know, he the way he displays that is incredible. He does not give you an inch. You know, he makes so many balls, makes you play everything. When you feel like you've hit a winner, it comes back. When you feel like you hit the second winner, it comes back. And you're always having to play the extra ball against uh, Novak Djokovic. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there, and, uh, and I included, who have not liked some of his antics on the court and what he's been doing of recent years, I guess. But, um, you know, there's nothing taken away the fact that he's just such an amazing athlete. Um, the way he moves, the way he competes, his consistency over time is, again, another one that you sit there and you think, oh, okay, we'll write him off now, but he just keeps coming back. Had an incredible year in, was it 2016 or something, where you could barely lose a match. And then the following year wasn't as good and start, people started to write him off a little bit and he just keeps coming back from that. And uh, he's another one. And you look at all three of these players and they all display this characteristic of competitiveness. Um, and they, they, competitiveness and consistency are probably the two things that the two words that come to mind with all these players. And Novak, you know, he's has just been amazing. I mean, the, the way he, he backs up every tournament, you just, you, you almost think that he's not going to lose a tournament right now. And that's kind of how we look at it. He's going in favorite nearly every single Grand Slam, every single event. And I think that that's a testament to the way he's been playing and the way that he goes about it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I recall, I think my first impression of him as well, it was, uh, I think it was 2006. He he played um, Nadal in the quarterfinals or fourth round at Roland Garros, and he had to withdraw after dropping the first two sets. In the press conference, he kind of said, "I felt like I was in control, even though I lost." And 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 immediately, uh, I think uh, a, lot, a lot of people were put off by that, going, "Well, hold on, um, you 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 yeah. down two sets. It's Nadal and Clay. How can you say you're in control?" Um, but it's kind of that personality that's also driven him to the top and he, he's, he said something similar um to when he played roger i think the first time in australian open he said i, I i'm gonna win oh, i feel like i'm gonna win pip didn't like that and roger went out and, and on that occasion tailed him up but that attitude that belief um is what helped him when he was he was definitely chasing these guys for, for four or five years he was he was losing in semi-finals at slams um and it was these two better and nadal winning and and something just clicked 
Uh, I know we won 2008 AO, but something clicked in 2011 where it just, yeah, he started steamrolling. We went on that incredible, I think, 47 match winning streak, um, won three of the four slams. And, and really, you, you mentioned he's probably of the three. If you look at the start of the year and, and put him as a favorite, I, I, at all the slams, um, there's a couple of years where he, he he was definitely the favorite at all four. So I know Nadal's usually starts favorite at Roland Garros, but um, I think in 2016, uh, 2015, and even this year at Roland Garros, um, a lot of people had Novak as a favorite, and I think he's got that on the other two where he he, he does start most events as the favorite when all three three of them are in the field, and that that's as you said that ability to turn defense into attack. I, I don't think tennis has seen something like that. Yeah, no, it's absolutely incredible. And I think, you know, he's got a game that, you know, he he obviously changed up a little bit in the French Open final against Nadal, came forward a little bit, which didn't work. But, um, you know, he's got the ability to play defense. He can play offense, counterattack. Uh, he can come forward to the net. I mean, he's got it, he's got it all. And, you know, the, just the level he plays at. I mean, I remember practicing with him at the Australian Open. Uh, I had a player of mine was with him. And I was trying to come up with plans to, to get through him. And it's almost impossible. Like, the... No matter how good your plan was, you still had to execute it one, and he still had to be below par to, to be able to get through him. He was like a wall, um, and he's just so strong across the baseline. You can't push him back. Um, in defense, he's almost better than he is in offense. You know, so um, you know you're almost like, well, do I want to attack him or do I not? And then you don't attack, and then he takes he takes control, and you're like, well, okay, I'll start attacking him, and then his defensive shots are as deep as his offense. So you you sort of get a bit caught in what you need to do, but. Um, just, I mean, seeing all three of these guys uh, over my time growing up, and I know you're the same, Shane. You know, we've watched them, we've watched them go from basically the start to to now, and it's incredible. But let's let's both of us have a go at who we think is the current goat, and then who do we think at the end of their careers will uh, will probably take that mantle and and be able to say that they're the greatest of all time in this sport from a male perspective. So um, obviously, we're not doing females here; we're just talking about the male side of it, but. Uh, Shane, what do you think? Um, both of those questions. Yeah, it, it, look, it, it, it's a really tough one. Um, I'm thinking at the moment, and I'm not going to be popular, and, uh, and I'm probably going <laughs> against uh, my head's going against my heart here. Um, but I, I, I'm saying Novak Djokovic. Um, I'm saying the the ability, and I and I use something uh, in the ELO rating system as well with this. So a, a lot of people, our listeners, might be familiar with UTR, which is a rating system. Um, and it's based on ELO ratings. Um, so if I look at who's had the highest ELO rating in their career, it's Novak Djokovic. Um, and I know he's still trailing on the slam count and, and the weeks count, but he held all four slams at, at the one time. And he, he's got that on the, the other two. And, and yeah, and in terms of the head-to-head, he's he's uh, on, if you say the grass is Federer's dominant service, hard courts, Djokovic and Clay's Nadal's, he's, he's, he's done the best on the other guy's um, favourite surface. I think he's got seven or eight wins against Nadal on clay. Um, he's beaten Federer four or five times on grass. He, he, he can play anywhere, anytime. And, and for that reason, I, I think if he's not ahead, he's right with them right now. And I think, and we're gonna, you're going to ask this question, but I think at the end of the career, he will end up being the undisputed GOAT. Really interesting. Look, I, yeah, I think right at this minute, um, I, I still think Federer just holds on um, at, at this minute. I think Nadal's probably going to pass him. And then I think thirdly, I think Djokovic will probably take the mantle at the end of the careers. And um, I I totally agree with you. Look, I think, you know, what uh, Federer has done to this point is is incredible. And the consistency he's done it at, 
the titles that he's won. I think you can still, he's won the most Grand Slams and the most titles um, in general. So I think he holds onto it still, but I think the other two are definitely coming. I think Nadal's form at the French Open showed that he's he's still got a couple of slams left in him. Um, and I think Djokovic has still got a, a few more years than the other two plus slams left in him. And you can sort of frame this question a different way. If, if you ask me who who would, if, if someone was paying for my life and I could pick the court, I'd say Nadal on clay. Nadal on Roland Garros for my yeah. life, bank yeah. it in. If uh, you couldn't pick the surface and, you know, it was a bit of a lottery, then I'd probably say Djokovic. And and, and then, you know, if you're wanting to play in the, where, where the surfaces are a lot quicker, when Roger started his career, the courts are much faster. He's been able to adapt. So you'd pick yeah. Roger. So there's, there's an argument for all of them. And, and you can bring in doubles as well, like, Roger and, and Rafa yep. are both excellent doubles players. Do you count that in there as well? Like, it's a tricky one. I, I know we're going to divide people here. <laughs> we are. And, and I mean, you look at surface and you go, you take Federer on grass, you take Rafa on clay, you take Novak on hardcore. And basically that those, those three, those three elements have had great success in the Grand Slam. So it is the great debate. It is something that is going to divide our listeners and they're going to basically throw stones at us. So I'm, I'm I apologise if we've upset anyone with uh, our, our predictions, but I think at the end of the day, it is opinion. Um, we can look at it in so many different ways and, uh, you know, they are three of the greatest players we will probably ever see in our lifetime. Um, and I guess that's going to stand for a long period of time as well. And Shane, you are the man who brings the numbers every single week. We do appreciate your time in obviously a busy time for you with cricket ramping up and getting towards the summer and you're still doing all your studies and, and things like that. And you've still got your own product going. You've still got your players. Congratulations to Ons. Jabor, who you've worked with throughout the entire year. Um, she's had an incredible 2020. Um, I know you're modest, but comes down to the, to the numbers, man, for sure. And uh, I know I know that uh, you won't take much credit, but you've done a great job in, in, in helping her achieve her career best year, I guess, in, uh, in terms of, yeah, I, she's, her results have been fantastic. So well done. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, listeners. Yeah, uh, great year for her. I, I, I think it's uh, 95% the coach and, and then the team and the player, but I, I'm definitely happy to have played a small part in her success well every percent counts and even if it was five percent difference this is why we are crunching the numbers brought to you by the tennis menu where for only 99 dollars us you can receive an online tennis coach with over 600 drills coaching tips and the latest in the game you can also find the legend himself shane leonard's from data-driven sports analytics with his package as well as go to his products all over the social media, he, he shows so much stuff on there that you can learn from. Um, he gives you the latest numbers in the game that you can use for your coaching or your playing or even if you're just a tennis lover. So thanks for joining us once again. Subscribe to The First Serve via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or your preferred podcast platform to listen at your convenience to all our weekly content including past editions of Crunching the Numbers, as well as our dedicated commercial radio program each Monday on SEN that you may have missed at 7pm Eastern, Aussies only, and In the Huddle, produced by Study and Play USA. Subscribe to The First Serve, your home of tennis. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.